0: Well, good evening. Welcome to the mine. Are you having a good time so far? Yeah. Isn't God good? Amen. We just want to spend a few moments tonight because we want to give you more opportunity to praise and worship tonight. But we want to just look at the scriptures for just a few moments tonight because we want to look at what the Bible says about praise and worship, because many times as Christians, we use those terms interchangeably. And yet in the Bible, they are defined very differently. So if you have your Bibles tonight with you, please turn to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. I was looking for a passage that really combined both aspects, and Psalm 95 does a really... Uh, good job of bringing both aspects of praise and worship into the same passage of Scripture. I just want to read the first six verses of Psalm 95 and then just share with you from my heart tonight just a few things that the Lord uh, laid on my heart as I read and studied this passage. The psalmist writes, come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout out praises to our protector who delivers us. Let's enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout out to Him in celebration. For the Lord is a great God, a great King who is superior to all gods. The depths of the earth are in His hand and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it. His lands formed the dry land. Come, let's bow down and worship. Let's kneel before the Lord, our Creator. The first thing I want us to see tonight is that God invites us to collective praise. You'll notice in the first two verses of Psalm 95 that He uses the term let's or let us four times. And it's not that God doesn't invite or welcome individual praise, He does. As God's people, we should be individually praising God throughout the day, throughout the week. But there is something special, I believe, to the heart of God when God's people come together collectively and raise their voices in praise to Him. Collective praise. It's one of the reasons why the writer of Hebrews tells us as Christians, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let's come together and raise up the name of the Lord and exhort one another. And so much the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. So God invites His people to collective praise. You'll notice also in Psalm 95 that God invites His people to exuberant praise. Notice in verse 1, sing for joy. Verse 1, shout out praises. Verse 2, shout out to Him in celebration. These are terms that we would probably normally uh, ascribe to uh, a stadium than a sanctuary. And yet God is inviting us as His people to exuberant praise. We have a lot to sing and shout about. The word shout in the, in the Hebrew the Israelites used it in anticipation of a triumph. In other words, they knew because God had promised them that He would be with them in battle and that He would deliver them or that He would conquer their enemies. So they would always shout because they were anticipating a victory. They were anticipating a triumph. Well, folks, you and I do not fight for victory. We as Christians fight from victory because the Lord Jesus Christ has already won the victory. And therefore, we can come and we can shout, yes! Because He has conquered the enemy and He has conquered death and and we are just waiting For his return. No wonder then the Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans chapter 8. No wonder Paul wrote in that same passage if God be for us, who can be against us? God invites us to exuberant praise. In fact, let me share with you another psalm real quick that really gets exuberant. Go back to the last psalm, Psalm 150. Psalm 150. The psalmist ends the book of Psalms this way, and I don't think it's an accident that he ends with this psalm. He says, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the sky which testifies to His strength. You see, the Bible even says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky shows forth His handiwork. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the blast of the horn. Praise Him with the lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and with dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and the flute. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's exuberant praise. So God invites his people back in Psalm 95, not only to collective praise, but to exuberant praise. And then in Psalm 95, if you'll turn back there, God also invites his people to focused praise. And what I mean by that is that notice here in Psalm 95 that the psalmist is preoccupied with God. Not his problems, not his circumstances, not his enemies, not anything else. He is preoccupied with God. His focus is on God. Verse 1, God is the source of his joy. That's why a Christian can always be joyful because our circumstances may change, our life may change, things are always going to change, but our God never changes and our relationship with Him is secure and He is who He is for always and therefore we can always sing for joy and find joy in Him, the psalmist says. You'll notice also that down through this psalm, He is not only the source of our joy, he is supreme over all forces that affect our lives. In verse 3, the Lord is a great God, a great king who's superior to all gods. And not that there really are any other gods in reality, but just any forces out there that may even claim to be God. God is superior to them. Any forces, folks, that come into our lives that present an obstacle for us moving forward in our relationship with Him. Anything in our lives that comes in to hinder us in our relationship with Him. God is supreme over those forces. That's why He invites us to praise Him. Because there is nothing that we will meet in this earth on this world, in this lifetime that is stronger than God. God is superior. He is great. He is supreme. And we as his people need to remind ourselves of that every day. That no matter what comes into our life, no matter what the enemy might be doing, as we learned last week in our study of James, simply James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not because we're standing up against the devil in our own power and strength, but we are standing in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Satan can't stand in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God invites His people to focused praise. You'll notice in verse 4, the depths of the earth are in His hand, the mountain peaks... The lowest of lows that we will ever experience are in the hands of God. The highest of highs that we will ever experience are in the hands of God. It doesn't matter what extremes we'll experience in this life or anything in between. God is superior and greater. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing right now. But I know this. I know that our God is greater than any of that. I know He is bigger than any of that. And He can conquer it. So the psalmist in Psalm 95 is talking to us about praise. And praise is up. Praise is loud. Praise is hands raised. Praise is enthusiastic. In fact, the Bible says in Colossians 3.23 that whatever we do because we're doing it ultimately for the Lord and not for men, to do it with all of our might and enthusiastically. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. And I hope when the these folks come back out on stage tonight, that though the praise was great, that it might even be taken to a whole other level in the next few minutes, because We're just going to shout and sing praises and we're going to be very enthusiastic because we've got a lot to be enthusiastic about. When we begin to count our blessings, though things right now in our country and in the world, yeah. But folks, let's remember something. We know God. God knows us. We're on our way to heaven Our sins are forgiven. We've got the Bible. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got each other. We could stop right there and we could praise the Lord. But if praise is up, if praise is loud, if praise is hands raised, if praise is enthusiastic, God invites his people in verse 6 to worship. And notice the contrast. Worship is down. Worship is silent. Worship is listening. Worship is awe. The psalmist says, come, let's bow down and worship. Let's kneel before the Lord, our creator. I want to give you a couple examples of worship from the Old Testament. There's the great story of Job. A righteous man, the Bible says. Probably more godly than anyone who was living on earth at that time. And yet in one day, Job, being a very wealthy man, lost everything that he ever had in one day. And the ten children, ten children that he dearly loved were killed in one day. And yet Job, as he tore his robe, as he shaved his head, which was a a cultural way of expressing grief and shock, went out. And the Bible says he bowed down and he worshipped and he uttered these words. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's worship, my friends. That's worship. That's acknowledging that there is something so big that God, you are God and I am not. And I don't pretend to understand it, to figure it out, but I do know you are God and I am not. That's what worship is. In Psalm 46, the background of the psalm is that Israel is agitated. Israel is upset. Israel is anxious. Israel's freaking out over what's happening in Israel. And God comes to them through the psalmist and he says these words, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Worship. Know that I'm God. I'm on the throne. I'm in control. I'm not up there wringing my hands, worried about what's going on. I'm absolutely in complete control. I am the sovereign God of the universe. Be still. It's almost like a parent trying to console or comfort their their child who may be all upset. and, And the parent just wants the child to settle down in their arms. And realize that they are in the loving arms of their parent who loves them and cares for them. And will provide for them and will protect them. That's what God was saying to Israel and to us when he says, be still and know that I am God. Again, I don't know what you're going through, what challenges you're facing, what's going on in your life. But I know this, when you and I worship the Lord, we can be still in our spirit. Because we know that he is God and he's still on the throne. Another example of worship is from the book of Ecclesiastes where the writer says this, draw near when you come into the presence of God to listen because God is in heaven and we are on earth, therefore let our words be few. When we come into the presence of God to worship, draw near to listen because God is in heaven, we are on earth, therefore let your words be few. You see, there's a big difference between praise and worship. Praise is up. Praise is loud. Praise is hands raised. Praise is enthusiastic. Worship is down. Worship is primarily silent, primarily listening, and in awe and wonder of God. Worship acknowledges that he is God and we are not. Praise acknowledges the wonder that we are God's. That the God of the universe loves me, knows me, cares about me, provides for me, and protects me. Worship acknowledges who God is. Praise acknowledges what God does. And notice then in verse 7. Worship and praise should lead to a growing obedience. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture. The sheep he owns today. If only you would obey him. You see, praise and worship is not to be an end to itself. Our praise and worship is to lead to a life of one of his sheep being obedient to the shepherd's voice. No wonder the psalmist wrote, and we can praise and worship God on behalf of these words. I hope you can say them with me tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He takes me to lush pastures. He leads me to refreshing water. He restores my strength. He leads me down the right paths for the sake of his reputation. Even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a feast before me in plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Surely, goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. Can you say amen to that? Folks, here's what I'm going to do. I want to invite each one of us tonight for the rest of our time together as these folks are going to come back out in just a moment before God himself to praise him now and to worship him now. For some of you, the rest of the night is going to be up. It's going to be hands raised, it's going to be enthusiastic, it's going to be loud. We just talked about it. But for some, some of you may want to get to a place where you can just kneel and bow before God and just worship Him silently and allow Him to speak to you. I've been in in services where everybody else has been praising the Lord and I've been worshiping, I've been worshiping. All I ask is that you take one of those invitations either to praise or worship the Lord tonight because he's invited his people here in Psalm 95 to praise him and to worship him. Let me, let me just read these verses again, and then these folks are going to come back. Come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout out praises to our protector who delivers us. Let's enter His presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout out to Him in celebration. For the Lord is a great God, a great King who is superior to all gods. The depths of the earth are in His hand. The mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let's bow down and worship. Let's kneel before the Lord, our Creator. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you very much.